Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York City metropolitan area, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network radio mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. You can send us some feedback if you like it, uh, veritascatholic.com, veritascatholic.com. There's a section on there where you could give some commentary, good or bad, whatever you like, on all of our programming. And if you like Joe and I and you like what we do, you can support us on social media at uh, on YouTube at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV. And today, we are very pleased and honored to be joined, uh, welcoming back to the program, uh, Claudia Cangilla McAdam. I love saying the name Cangilla. I like this. So Italian, Cangilla. It is. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to be discussing Claudia's new book, Louis Lent. Louis Lent. It sounds like a bookmaker's uh, something, something to do. Who's Louis? Well, we're going to find out who Louis is. Um, but for those of you who don't know Claudia, we're going to give a little introduction. Claudia Cangelo McAdam is a Catholic award-winning author of books for kids and teens. She has an undergraduate degree in English, is a graduate of the Denver Catholic Biblical School, and obtained her master's degree in theology from the Augustine Institute in Denver. She has authored two dozen books and her faith-based titles invite children to learn love and live the catholic faith her most recent work is the 32-page picture book as we said louise lent published by ascension press claudia and her husband live in colorado not far from their children and grandchildren claudia cangilla mcadam welcome back to the front line with joe and joe thank you so much for having me back it's great to be with you both you're welcome joe joe we'll start with a prayer as we always do, uh, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So, Claudia, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, how is Lent an opportunity to encourage children to grow deeper in, in faith? Basically, obviously, Louis Lent is geared towards guiding children um, on their Lenten journey. It's funny because um, today, as we were making di uh, dinner, my wife and I, I said we didn't basically, my, our daughter's seven, and I said we should have had her give something up and my son uh, frank is six so i said we didn't do that this year because of your book it, it made me think of it so i think it's a great like uh, you know book to put into hands of catholic parents because uh it's something i, I it's my bad i dropped the ball and I, and obviously uh your book is going to help parents to basically guide them to help their children to give a little something up or do something good it's never too late to enter into the Lenten journey. And why the season of Lent is so special, I think, is that, you know, we have 
two big feasts that we celebrate each year, Easter and Christmas. And at Christmas, we're preparing for the birth of Jesus. But in Lent, the Lord is here. We're following his life, his own temptation in the desert, etc. We can enter into Jesus's life as we prepare for the coming of Easter, as we go through the 40 days of Lent. So it's it's never too late to do something, but more important than, than just giving something up, more important than doing with less, we should try to become something more. That's what's at the heart of our Lenten resolutions or our Lenten um, giving up or sacrifices that we might do. No, I agree. I'll be honest. I, I hate Lent. I'm going to be truthful with you. Some people say like, oh, I love Lent. I was telling Joe, I don't because I'll be, I'm not just saying this. I've always had, um, I take it very serious and I have for quite some time. Um, I don't do it anymore because I can't because I'm a father now and I have to get up early and, you know, I I used to not drink coffee during Lent. That, I learned something about myself. That is my deepest attachment, coffee. I used to be miserable. I, for the whole time of Lent, I wouldn't drink a cup of coffee, nothing. And then I just said, once I had kids, I was like, I can't do that anymore. I just can't because I, I have to be like awake. Um, but Lent is a time it opens you up. If you take it seriously, and I have, um, and, and I've gotten a lot of ad, a lot out of it. And that's why I think this is a, a good book. It's not just geared towards children because it makes people think a little bit. Because I also think God gives you special graces during Lent. Um, if you really have good Lent's. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And and giving up coffee, that I mean, that would be hard because that that may change how you interact with other people. And that that might not be good. Yeah, but, right. It's true. But giving giving up something is good, but not just to give it up. I mean, I don't I don't give up sweets because I'd like to lose weight. Would I like to lose weight? Sure. Everybody would like to be more fit. But I think the better way to look at some of the things that we quote give up is that when we deny ourselves something that we really like, it helps us get in touch with Jesus and what his, what his fasting in the desert for 40 days was like. It helps us realize our attachment to certain things. And hopefully we can take those attachments and turn them on their head. So for example, if I'm, if I'm fasting, I'm fasting on Wednesday and Fridays, for example, not eating between meals and I get hungry, I realize that hunger but I don't just say, oh, darn it, it's Lent and I'm hungry. I say, wow, I'm hungry. Other people are hungry too. I think when I go to the grocery store this week, I'm going to buy some canned goods to donate to the food bank. And right now I'm going to offer up a prayer for refugees who are fleeing their country who are hungry. So to try to turn what we might see as a negative into something good for other people, that, that's at the core of Louis Lent. And that's at the core, I think, of what we all should be doing for Lent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Claudia McAdam is with us at the front line with Joe and Joe. So what is the premise of Louis? I made a stupid joke in the beginning. All right. I hear Louis. I, I, but Louis, there, you know, what's the premise of Louis Lent? Uh, why did you choose to go in that direction? Yeah, Louis, and it's funny that you that you comment on the name Louie. My dad's name was Lou. He's passed away, but I also have a brother and a nephew named Lou. And because I like alliteration in my titles when I can, Louis Lent just seemed to work. So I, I took Louie and I made him a boy in a Catholic school on Ash Wednesday. And his classmates are all excited because they're going to be giving up something for Lent or doing something different. And they're offering their suggestions on what they'll be doing 
but he can't come up with an idea of what he should do. I mean, his family doesn't eat sweets, so giving up candy, you know, that's not important. Um, he can't afford video games, so not playing video games like his friend Miguel is not going to do, that doesn't apply to him either. So he, he can't figure out what he should do. And the course of action that he takes through the book is one of accompanying his classmates on their Lenten journey by walking to school with the girl who decides she's not going to get a ride with her dad to school on Friday, she's going to walk stopping by the house of the boy who always oversleeps because he vows to get up on time for school every morning. So Louis is helping his classmates through their journey. And at the end of the story, he thinks he's failed in living out Lent, but Sister Mary Lawrence, his wonderful Dominican sister, educator, tells him that no, giving up things, doing things for other people is like doing them for the Lord. And in fact, Louis has lived out a really powerful Lent. I was going to say, helping the others to accomplish their 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 you know Lenten obligations, their Lenten sacrifices. That that's pretty awesome. I didn't I didn't not think that was going in that direction. But that's that that is what we're supposed to be doing, and that is a successful Lent. He helped others to achieve their goals. He did he he did what love is, willing the good of the other as other in a self sacrificing way. Because yeah, so what is Lent about? To remind us about, like you said, Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And, and P.S. Louis is sacrificing. He may not realize it, but he has to get up early to walk to meet his friend who's walking to school. You know, he has to spend his Saturday um, helping coach a soccer team with his friend Miguel, who is despondent because he can't play video games. So Louis actually is giving up something, He's give, but he's giving up of himself and his time to help others. And that's that's a form of almsgiving in and of itself. Louis may not have money to put in the collection basket or the, the poor box, but he can give of himself. I was just going to say, we get caught up in, oh, I'm giving up sweets. I'm giving up steak. I'm giving up this. We forgot. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, Claudia. Um, what about the almsgiving? Louis is obviously giving alms because he's helping people who, who are in need. And, he is. And, and, and we always say it's well, it's it's fasting or and, uh, penance and, and and giving something up. But yeah, but there's also prayer and almsgiving. That's right. It, it, it's a three pronged approach to Lent. You know, fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. And Louis accomplishes it in, in a way that we might not think of originally when we we just think, well, I'm just going to give up something for Lent. Um, I I have a story to share with you. I was at my grandson's house on the day before Ash Wednesday. And, and we were talking about what he was going to have to eat that day. And he says, we're having pizza. He was so excited. And I said, well, good for you. That's that's really good, Finn. He said, yep, I can't wait. We're, we're celebrating because it's margarita day. And I said, it, what? It's what? He says, it's margarita day. You know, the day before Ash Wednesday, Margarita Day. I said, oh, you mean Mardi Gras? It's like, oh, yeah, Mardi Gras. I said, okay, okay, yeah. So we talked a little bit about Mardi Gras and what that means. And I said, so Finn, he's seven. I said, what are you going to do for Lent this year? He said, I'm going to do the same thing I did last year. I said, which was? He said, I am going to stop fussing. It's not going to be complaining. And I thought, you know what, Finn? I'm going to do that with you. I'm going to stop fussing. And I'm working really hard at it, but I said, I don't think I'll be as successful as you are with it. But I woke up on Ash Wednesday morning and my cell phone had completely died. And I mean, it was not resuscitatable at all. And so usually that would cause me to have a major meltdown. And I thought to myself, nope, I am not going to fuss. That's my resolution for Lent. So um, <laughs> it's funny how we can 
choose something different than we might have ever chosen before, but it's something that will not only improve us, but that, that sure improves the lives of the people around me when I stop fussing. I, I want to I put another twist to it because I think sometimes, because this has happened to me, um, you, what you give up becomes an idol. Um, and this is me. This is because it's happened. You, you fixate so much on what you're giving up, you lose the idea of why you're doing it. And I'll use an example. I can remember one time I was at a barbecue. It was nice. It was during Lent. And I gave up meat and uh for the for land and the family they were i could tell um i was actually with some priest friends of mine we were in a poor uh home in brooklyn and they were like you're not eating and i was like no 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 i gave it up and i could tell the woman was insulted but i still didn't eat it because i wanted to hold on to this <laughs> that's not the idea like like i should have ate it and that's a sacrifice because it's not about me and giving up. It's not like, like lifting weights, like, like uh, it's a, a strength comp con. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, yeah. It, I should have eaten the meat and I should have offered that up, but instead I didn't. And I could tell that I insulted the woman because I was like, no, no, no. Uh, like I gave up meat for Lent and that didn't, she didn't care. She wanted me to eat. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, I, I should have ate. And I think sometimes we, we, what's it called? Uh, I think of Solanus Casey, uh, who's an American uh, venerable. And it was Friday and people said it was a barbecue. And, and they were like, oh, all we have is a hot dog. And he said, well, pretend it's a fish and eat it. <laughs> right. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like people, we get too fixated because it becomes an idol Christ. That's not, we lose focus. I mean, I throw that out to you guys because I I've had that experience and I think we could get lost. I think that's a really good example. If, if what we're giving up or what we're doing for Lent causes us to be less charitable in some way, that's not a, that's not a good thing. Jesus said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Sacrifice is wonderful. Yes, that's good. But more important to him is being merciful to others. Absolutely. 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 So uh, we're having a conversation with Claudia McAdam. We're discussing her new book, Louise Lent, at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. So what, what's the age group? Claudia, just out of curiosity, I mean, you know, these are lessons. We're, we're three adults. We're talking about Louise Lent, but we, we could learn something from it, too. But specifically, I'm sure you had a target audience in mind when you decided to, to write the book. So what is it? What is the age group and why did you choose that particular demographic? You know, picture books are generally targeted to the four to eight age group. However, I think I think of this book more as a family book, something that a family can share together. As a matter of fact, I just read a review of Louise Lent by a parent who said, I shared this book with my sons who are six, eight, and 10, and they all really benefited from it because, it, you know, yes, it's an illustrated book and it's, it's a fun read and it's easy and it's nice to look at, but it gives families an opportunity to talk about the things that we've just been talking about. Mm -hmm. How can we become better people, which is what, what we're aiming to do in Lent and not just stop when Lent is over, but to continue that growth and improvement throughout the rest of our lives. I think that's I think that's the important point is that and going back to what Joe said, it's not a matter of of making an idol out of any of these things. The idea is to instill um the 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 this the, the detachment 
from the things of this world and carry them forward. What good is it if you go through 40 days of not eating, let's say, ribeye, okay, or beef, let's say, but then the other 300 and some odd days of the year, you gorge yourself on it, then you missed the whole point. The point is the detachment of from worldly things that we, again, if it ends at 40 days, to me, then you'd be a failure. If I give up a thing, whatever that thing might be, particularly things that are not good for us, okay? Um, mm -hmm. But if I give that up and I fail a few times during Lent, maybe five or six days, but after Lent, I continue not to re not to always look to that thing, you know? Um, a nice glass of scotch comes to mind, you know, if you want to throw it out there like that. <laughs> well, then it's then Lent was successful right. because now I've developed, by the grace of God, a level of detachment from that thing. And that's, I think, what the important part is. Even though Lent is important, I'm not trying to diminish that. But it's the it's the lesson, again, and getting back to your book, that we're trying to instill in children is that that idea and teach them early on, you don't get everything you want, can't have everything you want, you're gonna have to give up things once in a while. What say you, Claudia? Uh, you're, you're exactly right. And the, the whole goal is to become more like Jesus um, in, in his, 40 days in the desert, he was tempted by the devil, and we're tempted every single day. I'm not necessarily tempted to eat, you know, sweets, if that's what I've given up for Lent every day, but I'm tempted by other things, so that if I if I have that mindset about me to not give into that, and so my resolution this year to stop fussing, that's a really important one for me, because when Lent ends, I'm going to still try to not fuss, and I had dinner the other day with my husband, his dad, and his brother, and I told them the story about not fussing. And so we would, we were talking about different things and I brought up my cell phone, you know, went and died and blah, blah, blah. And I, and they said, are you fussing? And I said, but I'm not fussing. I'm just noting, not complaining about it. So they're keeping me accountable to what I'm trying to do. And hopefully they'll do that in a gentle way <laughs> continually. Absolutely. Joe Resinello. Well, I want to talk, like you mentioned, like to continue something. Um, I have tons of Lenten stories because, like I said, I take it very seriously. Um, I'll use one that I did continue many years ago. For Lent, as a family, we read the gospel before we eat from the Magnificat. Every night, we read the gospel. And it's very hard because I have kids, young, they're crying, blah, blah, blah. We still do it. It's a good practice. We started it in Lent, and they say there's a psychological element to 40 days. Habits are formed. You see, there's wisdom in the church. You don't just stop that. That's a good habit. We've been doing it now for maybe three or four years. We read the gospel, and it's a way, again, are my kids doing Lexio Divina on their knees. What? No, and neither am I, but they'll remember it. it. It's a seed and this is, it's a habit. You don't just stop a good habit after you formed it for 40 days. That's the idea of Lent. You mentioned fussing. That's a great thing. You're going to get disciplined. You form a habit and you continue. And your 40 day, um, example, it, it brings to mind 40 is such an important number in scripture. Moses was on the on Mount Sinai for 40 days. Uh, Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. The Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. Uh, there was 40 days of flood for Noah, etc. 40 is a number that represents trial and testing and preparation. So it's it's a learning period 
for us. And that's what you did with your family. That's wonderful. And I think your children are going to come to em embrace that uh, experience if they, if they don't already. And as author Mary Jo Putney says, what one loves in childhood stays in the heart forever. So you're instilling a really good habit by doing that. And I'm trying. Yeah, well, you know, that's all you can do. That's it. Just keep fighting the fight. Claudia McAdam joining the, uh, yes, excuse me, joining Joe and I at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing Louis Lent. Uh, real quick, Claudia, we'll mention it a couple times. Where could, uh, where could our audience out there buy the book? Good place to start is your local Catholic bookstore. If they don't have Louis Lent in stock, they can order it for you from Ascension Press or go to the Ascension Press website, ascensionpress.com forward slash Ash Wednesday. Love it. And I'm so happy you didn't mention Amazon. I love it. Okay. Because we're trying to tell all our authors, Claudia, that come on the show, we try to tell them, we try to tell our audience, please buy the book. Please don't buy it on Amazon. It's available there. Okay. If you add it to a large order that you're doing, but try not to do that. Support our Catholic publishers. Very, very important. We need to support our Catholic businesses, in this particular case, publishers and authors. Uh, so how can a parent, Claudia, um, help, or a grandparent for that matter, um, help young children stay focused on their Lenten revolution? We know kids are all over the place. I know I was. You know, so, so I can't blame kids when they when they are very distracted. They want to do this. What are they, that? What are some tools? What do you could think of, Claudia, that you could tell our audience, parents and grandparents, to help their children and grandchildren stay focused on this this forty days of self sacrifice? First of all, they need to be a good example themselves. They need to be modeling that behavior, and they need to take the opportunity to talk to their kids about what is. Lent. And if they don't know, you can, it's easy to research. Just Google it to a, go to a Catholic site and, and learn about what is Lent. Why is it 40 days? You know, why, what is Jesus's temptation in the desert? What, you know, that was this weekend's gospel reading. And what, what does that mean? And what, what happened to him? And how does that relate to us? And I think that's the, the first thing. And the next thing I would be to, to try to do something extra in your family during this season, not something huge necessarily, but maybe you go to mass together one day other than Sunday, in addition to Sunday, one weekday, try to, to go to mass. Uh, pray one decade of the Sorrowful Mysteries on a, on a given evening. Um, do you have an adoration chapel that you can stop in and visit, even for 15 minutes, even with little ones? Slowly introduce them to a deeper relationship with Jesus. And reading the gospel stories is a great way. I mean, even get a kid's Bible and because those stories are, you know, condensed and, and made easy to read and, and just read a story and talk about that story with your kids. So um, I think educators, you know, RE teachers and Catholic school teachers, grandparents, parents, all have a great opportunity to, to talk to their kids about what Lent is. Just like I, I had that conversation with my grandson Finn about Margarita Day that kicked off our discussion of what Mardi Gras was is. Claudia, I think we're. I think we all broke up there for a minute. Did you okay. guys see that? I didn't. Okay, sorry about that. Um, but anyway, um, so I'm sorry, Claudia. I, I think I might have missed some of that. If it's a problem, we'll just we'll take care of it. Um, okay, so Joe Rosanello, I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, you know, outside of just like doing things, this is again from personal experience, I found that there's a lot of grace 
that because why do you fast? You you fast for grace. Um, I took a different twist this Lent. I picked five things that I know I can't do. Impossible. Like impossible. And what I'm doing is I'm praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet for those five things, meditating on the passion of God every day. Grace. Everything is grace. And I say that because Lent is a time, if you really have a good Lent, God will give you grace. And I'll share a story with, you know, about me, about that. In my 20s, I was struggling. I was single. I got married later with perfect chastity as a single Catholic, struggling um, and failing. I got that grace during Lent. Tell you a story. Went to confession at a men's day, told the priest. The priest was up on the altar when I received the Eucharist. As I approached him, he looked me straight in the eye. He put the Eucharist in my like in my hand, and then he grabbed my hand and looked me in the face. I received the grace. Wow. That's a God's honest truth. I was chased till I was married. That, that's a that's true. Story. And I struggled with it over Lent. I continuously tried, tried, tried. I got a grace. And that's a grace because I knew I couldn't do it. You see, that's also something to look into with Lent. But it's like everything you have. It's what you put into it. Christ, think about Christ's Lent. He didn't eat for 40 days. He was tempted the whole king, the kingdoms of the world. I mean, we can't eat. We're, we're, we're tempted by stupid things and, and we fail. I mean, that's quite a, a temptation. Um, and look at the grace. He endured the passion. Claudia, do you have any, any particular lengths that are memorable for you? Like, let's say that taught you lessons, Joe, obviously uh, talking about his, do you have anything, let's say for argument's sake, a particular lent that gave you a certain insight a particular grace and then you impart that to others you know a couple of things when joe was talking uh, about his experience and getting grace during lent i find that happens to me annually at stations of the cross which is one of the things that i did not mention that a family might be able to add to their lenten practices what a beautiful way to enter into jesus's passion and death um and i remember very distinctly when i was i went to a catholic school when I was in, I think about fourth grade, my parish offered mass before school started. And I made the decision on my own to get up early and go to, we walked to school every day, to walk early and go to morning mass before school started. I think I dragged my little sisters who were in first and second grade along with me. And hopefully they got some grace from that too. But I remember that as a very, very special time of realizing that, that something important is happening in that season and to me by my willingness to, to get up early and to sacrifice that extra sleep and that extra comfort and to go to mass on a daily basis, which is a practice that I've continued through my adulthood. It's something that really gives me a lot of, of strength. I, I cannot do this life on my own. I need the, the body and blood of the Lord. I need to receive the Eucharist and um, be in constant communion with him in order to, to lead the best life I can. And I think that does spring from that Lenten experience. That's everybody. I'll be honest with you. I mean, Christ doesn't lay down the law, so to speak, with something you can't do. 
Because people think like, oh, that's impossible. You're right. But with Jesus, everything is possible. You see, like everything. And everything is grace. You see, that's another thing you could learn during Lent. We rely on our own strength. When you come to the end of your strength, that's when God's like, all right, now let's start. Exactly. Now, now let's begin. As St. Paul, you know, St. Paul was was beleaguered by this, what he called a thorn in his side, something we don't know what it was. And he prayed and prayed and prayed about that. And what Jesus said to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. And that's what we have to realize is that we're not, we're not alone in our struggles, whatever they are, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, as it says in Philippians 4.13. We have to believe that and we have to turn to him and ask for that grace. I think I'm so happy you mentioned that, Claudia. We're going to go to a break in a few seconds. From a personal point of view, I'm so happy you mentioned the thorn in Paul's side. I think we, and you said, too, we don't know what that was. I don't like when people actually speculate on what it was because nobody could say what it was. What we do know is this. We all have that thorn. That's my view of that. And that keeps me from never getting discouraged due to sin, okay, is that, we all have that thorn that Jesus says, I'm leaving it there, okay? I'm leaving it there because my grace should be enough for you. I think it's a very hopeful thing. I'm so happy that, that you brought that up because I think about that constantly. But let's, we're going to come back to that. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we're with Claudia McAdam. We're talking about her new book, Louis Lent. Uh, real quick, again, Claudia, where can people buy the book? Either at your local Catholic bookstore or through ascensionpress.com forward slash Ash Wednesday. There you go. So we're going to come right back uh, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Don't go anywhere. We have another great segment with Claudia McAdam. We'll be right back. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello, and we are way in the breach with Claudia McAdam. We are discussing her new book, Louise Lent, available on Ascension Press. So make sure if you can't find it in your local Catholic bookstore, you go on Ascension Press. Claudia, I love your comments on what I said at the end as far as that thorn is concerned, that we all have to realize that should be a hopeful thing for us. St. Paul had the thorn. 
okay? We all have it. I'd love a few comments on that before we move on. Well, if St. If Paul didn't throw in the towel, neither should we. I mean, it, yeah, whatever it was, it was something that was bothering him. It was, you know, either a physical ailment or an emotional attachment, or we don't know what it was, but it was something that he, he prayed repeatedly about. And his prayer was not answered in the way he would have liked, but our Lord knows better what's best for us. And I think we just have to trust in that. And as uh, our recent gospel said, Jesus tells us to deny ourselves daily, pick up our cross, whatever that might be, and follow him. It's it's very simple, not always easy, but a very simple instruction on how we can develop a, a better relationship with him. I mean, I also want to focus on fasting outside of Lent. Um, our church has not you know, a lot of people say, well, you're not supposed to eat meat on Fridays anymore, that we don't do that anymore. Well, actually, that's not true. Um, the church gives you an option. It says you shouldn't eat meat on Friday, or if you do, you could do something else, um, do something nice for somebody or give up whatever, coffee or cream in your coffee, um, again, to remind yourself. But I have found that fasting not only does it gain you graces, but it sharpens your prayer. And I'll use another example. I fast during the year, and um, I fast a day for the church. I used to get very frustrated um, with what I was seeing in the church, very frustrated, um, to the point where I was losing my mind. So I channeled that into a very rigorous fast on Wednesday. I do a Muslim fast, no eating until night, all day. I do not eat. I have peace, another grace, and I attribute it completely to that because God works in the, in the space of sacrifice. I have peace because it's God's church. It's not mine, and I'm not the Savior, and I'm not here to fix it. I have to worry about me. That's my – and I have peace. I don't flip out anymore because of that fast. So it's not just Lent, like God gives you grace through fasting, and we can do that as Catholics. You don't just have to do it for Advent and Lent. You could do it all year, and I'm not saying you have to do what I'm doing. I'm just sharing that. I'm not trying to wave my flag. I'm just telling you, I have received a grace. That's a supernatural event, if you ask me, because if you knew me, I was constantly trying to fix the church myself. No. That's not my job. God is the savior. I'm just Joe. I got to worry about me. But that's what I'm putting out to people. You could fast during the year, and it will sharpen your prayer life and your spiritual life. You're absolutely right. It's a great way for us to focus ourselves on something other than ourselves. And in our prayer life, we can turn our attention to a particular need rather than our, our physical need or our emotional need, something outside of ourselves. Good for you. Wow, that, that's, a great, that's a great fast to do. No, but just well, in terms of that's how God works, I think. It is. He, he, you know, he is there for us in, in whatever we might be doing and whatever we might not be doing. And when we realize he's God and we're not, it makes a huge difference. And when we offer up our, our discomfort, for something or somebody else, it really is efficacious. So uh, Claudia McAdam joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosanello. We're talking about Louis Lent. 
That is Claudia's new book, um, and that is available at Ascension Press and your local Catholic bookstores. We're talking about, obviously, um, sacrifice, giving something up, okay, detachment. Um, Joe likes to say a lot, uh, make it pinch. Don't give up something that, you know, that you never you never do. Make sure it pinches a little bit. Um, and obviously, almsgiving. But uh, let's talk about prayer. Um, all three go together. You know, it's like a three-legged stool as far as I'm concerned. If you're not doing one, okay, you're not really getting the whole idea of it. Now, Joe and I are big rosary guys. I recently joined the prayer group. Thank God that I found. God put me here in Scottsdale, Arizona, by the way, Claudia, because I immediately found some good Catholics here, okay, um, and uh, already involved with the prayer group. Talk about the necessity of accompanying this this period, this 40-day period of, of sacrifice and almsgiving, the necessity of praying every day. You're so right. It is very important. And prayer is not the main focus of my book, Louis Lent. It, there's a little bit of it that, that alludes to that, but it that's not the main focus. In a short picture book, you can't cover everything in depth. Mm -hmm. But for our own personal lives, you know, for me personally, I, I really like to do a pilgrimage of some sort, an online pilgrimage or daily reflections or Bible studies that are offered online. I always try to choose one or two things. I can't do half a dozen, you know, that's just overload. But if you can pick one or two things, spend five minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it might be a day doing something extra that it kind of pulls it all together. What we're doing in terms of our, our sacrifice during Lent and what we're hopefully doing with our almsgiving, whether it's financial contributions or giving of our time, it roots everything in, if you root it all in prayer, we get the understanding of why we're doing this, why we're experiencing Lent in the way we are. It's it's a, a total package. You have to do all three of them in order to, to get the most out of the season. Absolutely. Joe, well, you know, I think you might agree with that. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Um, and, and frankly, you know, we were talking about like detachment. I, I, I recently heard something um, about it because obviously we're in Lent. Uh, and they said that before we go to heaven, there has to be no attachment, nothing except to Christ before we see the beatific vision. That starts here. You know, and I've seen, like, I look at very holy people, like, say, John Paul II, very holy man. He was, beato, he was canonized in six years. I mean, that's not very common. You know, uh, you know, sometimes it takes centuries to canonize somebody. A holy man, legitimate miracles, legit. Um, and then I look at how he died. He was brilliant. He was a great orator. God took that away from him. Well, that was there was a reason for that. He stripped him of everything. Christ was stripped of everything. He, I see this that example, and it was a, an example to me. God pries open our hands. We hold on to things we don't even realize in life as people, but God realizes it. And little by little, he opens your hand. And the key is to accept it. And that's how we get to heaven. And we learn that during Lent. It's we're attached to so much. We don't even realize it, but God realizes it. It's an opportunity. And that's a beautiful image of him un unfurling our fingers one by one of detach uh, detaching us from what we're 
attached to here on earth. And then I think the next step is for us to reach that stage where then our open hand reaches for him. That's, that's the transition that he's hoping to make, taking us out of our attachments in this world and into a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, with him in the next world when we die. But now while we're still on earth, a recognition of that life to come and that we're, we're really living a part of that right now. The kingdom of heaven is here now and we need to realize that and begin embracing that while we're here rather than embracing the other things that we cling to. Oh, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned like, you know, when you talk about grasping, you're, you're the image of the, the hand that grasps and then hangs onto. Um, our, our priest at our parish uh, gave this great homily. I mean, I should have thought it, but about it, but that's why priests give homilies because they, they tell us things we, we, you know, we should have thought about, but maybe we haven't. Um, talk, drawing the parallel between Christ's sacrifice in the desert, his fasting in the desert and what he was offered and what Adam and Eve were offered in the garden. And it is at the end of the day, once we as fallen human beings take hold, we don't want to let go. And in God in his mercy and through the church gives us this beautiful period that, you know, um, not, and not only Lent, but Advent, of course, and of course, instilling the idea that you got to get, like Joe said, got to get your fingers off that thing. We do it with children because at the end of the day, Claudia McAdam, we are all children and we all need a loving father to straighten us out. Talk about that aspect of Lent. Well, you, you are so right. And I'm glad you brought up that, that homily that your priest gave because last year, the deacon at our church gave a similar homily and it really opened my eyes. As you said, Joe, you know what? Gosh, I should have known this. But he said, Christ's temptation in the desert relates to Adam and Eve in the garden. They were tempted to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Mm. Those are the three temptations put to each of them, and where Adam and Eve failed in each of those instances, Jesus overcame those temptations. And that gives us a great example of how in our fallen humanity, we need to focus on our Lord and strive to achieve that same level of overcoming temptations, defeating the devil, and to be perfect as he is perfect. Not that we can do it, we can't do it without his help, but we we can help get there with our relationship with Jesus. Well, you know, I think of the Beatitudes and how far I am from some of them, one of which is the meek. I'm not meek. Like, I have a big mouth, uh, and I am very opinionated. Joe, you're a Jersey Italian. No, Joe, but, but, but like Claudia that's not... And our audience, that is something they don't already know. Your name's Restinello, and everybody knows you're from New Jersey. They know. already know you got a big mouth. Sorry, Joe. No, I, but I, I want to be, like, that's the map to get to heaven. And I, when I think, when the, when I read, when, you know, when, when that's read in church, I, I hear those Beatitudes, and that one always rings true. My father was a gentle person. Maybe that came as he got older, but he was gentle. I am not as a, by nature that way. Um, and I think about that sometimes, how God knows that and how sometimes a situation can make you gentle. For instance, I had a procedure done um, I had to take medicine and then I had to go to uh, a doctor and they actually, I, I was put on their anesthesia. And I remember talking to the nurse. Now here I am, you know, I'm about to go under the knife, you know, and I'm like, I was so gentle because I was scared. 
that's a gift. You see, God knows these things. And I re I say that because it's acceptance. Like, like Lent is a period, Christ was tempted. He made himself vulnerable. We're in the West. We're not vulnerable. Like we're comfortable. We have like we eat well, we have money in the bank. We don't even realize how comfortable we are. But when you're vulnerable, you need God. And I was gentle. So I bring that up because accepting things that God brings, sometimes we, we want to like flip out. Like, why are you doing this to me? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to help you. Because a nun told me once, everything comes from the hand of God. It's our job to accept it. We don't do it. I don't do it. I just bring that up. Lent's a time. Like you said, I'm not going to fuss. That's a choice, Claudia. Claudia, what's, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, Joe, I, I can relate to you. I, I am an Italian as well and a firstborn. And believe me, you know, a control is a big thing for me. And, and you know, my way is the best way as too many times, I think. And that it's really, it's really humbling to think, you know what? No, you don't know it all. You're, you don't have all the answers. And it's a struggle to tamp that down and to be meek and see what the results of that can be. And I think the only way we can do that is, like you say, through confession and through prayer and working and actually doing it. You can't just say, I wish I was more humble. I wish I was meek. You have to actually work at doing that, you know, keeping your mouth closed when you want to say something that you shouldn't say. It's it's work, but it's a grace to be able to avoid doing those things and seeking to be meek. I, it's it's funny. I can't help but think about Louis Lent. Okay, Louis a, a child who helps his fellow students to achieve the, the, the thing the things that they want. Okay, and that becomes his self sacrifice. Do you think, based on what you guys were just talking about, Claudia McAdam joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe? Um, we need to be Louis to America. We, we, we because not to say we have it down cold because we don't, we don't, we're, we're all sinners. Okay. No, let's make it clear to everybody out there, Claudia, Joe, and myself, we're all sinners. None of us walk on water. But having said that we can be, because we live in a very attached society, a very attached culture. Now, I don't know about you. Well, no, I do know about you guys, but I know it's about some people out there are also very attached. We all strive and succeed, let's be clear, to give something up. I'm talking about you, Claudia, Joe, and myself, okay? We do offer sacrifice, we do pray, we do do the things, and we try to detach ourselves from the material things that are available to us, but some many times in our lives we say, I don't want that, I don't need that, I'll put that away. That's a kind of being a Louis to the culture. See, Louis sacrifices because for others try to help them on their journey. I think we need to help our, particularly our Catholic uh, brothers, American brothers and sisters, but all of our American brothers and sisters, we're on the wrong path. The materialism that we're on is, Lent is designed for you. I want to tell it. Now for all of us, you understand my point, is that we need to detach ourselves from the thing and we could be Louis to these people just by the way we live our lives. Claudia, I love your comments on that. Our example, first and foremost, is the most important thing. I mean, even simply holding the door for someone, smiling, saying good morning, just starting there. And and going beyond that, especially during Lent, I mean, we, we see it in our own family. We have fallen away Catholics who are members of our family who 
we take this opportunity to, to invite. Why don't you come with us to Stations of the Cross on Friday? You know, would you like to come to Mass this weekend with us? That type of thing. It's It's got to be an invitation. It's got to be a, a an enabling of people to live a different life. They, they, they need to be invited. They need to be helped to get into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And we can do all that work, but it's up to, to the Lord to bring them the final step, but they're not even going to going to take the first step if we're shutting them out or ignoring them or not, not helping, you know, driving an elderly friend who can't get to mass, for example, driving that person to mass, or uh, there's, there's many ways I'm sure you can think of in your own life of ways that you can help other people. I mean, even if it's not with getting to church, it's, you know, helping with at the food bank or helping shovel, you know, snowing here in Denver today, helping shovel our neighbor's driveway. And they know you're doing that because you are living your life in Christ out in the world by what you do. Well, that's what Louis does. I mean, not everyone, I, I went, you know, your book reminds me of the little drummer boy. I always liked that song. He didn't have anything to give, but he gave of his talent. He played the drum. That's what he did. And he did it for God. Well, we could do that. We all have time. Not everyone has money, but we all have time. You can give of yourself and people recognize that. I will tell you this. When someone goes out of their way for you, I've said this on the show and my father passed away, a friend of mine who is Jewish, drove from upstate New York to come to the wake. And he was there for 10 minutes. I was blown away. Like, because I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't have done that for him. I'm going to be honest. I was blown away mm -hmm. by that. So my point is, when you go out of your way for somebody, they know it. And that speaks volumes, more so than anything that you will ever say. And that's something you could do for Len. Do something. What does Christ say? Like, if I have two cloaks, I'm going to give one away. Like, 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 but when you go out of your way, I think that leaves a mark. And like you said, Claudia, that says that I live in Christ. And it's not only the, the person who's on the receiving end of that who can benefit. It's the people that are observing that. You know, uh, Joe, you, you maybe were changed by that, but I bet there were other people there at that wake who also knew that man or knew of that man and were moved by his generous action. So it's it's not just the one person you think you might be doing something for. It can change the whole world. That's right. Absolutely. That's how we change the world. Well, let me, along those lines, Claudia McAdam joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing Louis Lent. Go out and buy it, particularly if you have kids, all right? It's available at Ascension Presents. Um, Jesus says, woe to him by whom sin comes to these little ones. Okay, now just I had a thought, and I want to throw it out to the two of you. We only have a few minutes left. It's very rarely that the person who brings sin to somebody actually helps them to commit the sin. Usually, all they do is plant the seed. And what I was getting from what you guys were just talking about was planting the seed. If sin can be committed okay, and, and, and basically fallen into because someone plants a seed for you, then what I think that you guys are talking about is, well, we're planting the seed that's going to create a maybe a virtuous habit 
in someone. Prayer comes to mind. You mentioned the soup kitchen, uh, giving of oneself, not just with money, because as Joe said, um, we don't, we, none of us, or, 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 or very few of us have that kind of big money to give away. We have our time, we have our, our, our energy, our love for God that we could show to other people. I think it's important for people to realize, because some people think it's overwhelming, Claudia, helping other people, it takes so much time to this. Most of the time, it's just, that's why I brought up the, the, the sin part of it. Most of the time, it's just planting the seed. Talk about that a little bit, the need to plant the seed. Joe, I just came up with something. The need to plant that's a, that's the seed. That's a bumper sticker, Joe. We're going to keep that one, okay? The need to plant the seed. But I'm sorry, Claudia, I'm joking a little bit, but I'm not joking. Why is that so important, the need to? Remember, we're not changing the world, but we do have to plant those seeds. You know, you're exactly right. My my husband just told the story that you've heard before. He just mentioned it yesterday in a in a we were having dinner with friends and we're talking about faith and and he says, you know, the story of the man who's walking down the beach and all these starfish have have washed up on on the beach, you know, and they're dying. And the man picks one up and throws it back into the ocean. And a passerby says, Why'd you do that? You can't, you know, you can't save all these starfish. And he said, No, I saved that one. So you can do one little thing you can do more than one little thing but even if you do just one little thing the ripple effect we will never know on this side of heaven what what the ultimate outcome will be but it's incumbent upon us to do that to save that one little starfish throw it back into the ocean but also you know during Lent, again not everyone has money uh you know time talent and treasure but you could give of yourself another example that was burned into my brain was from the missionaries of charity i i, I know them well and uh there was a homeless well she had she lived in a boarding house in the city she was filthy filthy and uh they cleaned her apartment like who does that right. like like that impressed the heck out of me like they went in three nuns and they just cleaned the entire apartment for this person they didn't give her 10 bucks they didn't buy her lunch they cleaned her apartment we could all do stuff like that Absolutely. i knew a homeless person in my town a woman used to clean his clothes she used to clean them she used to launder them for him we could, those are things that like when the normal people of society, your eyeballs, like you're just like, holy good Lord, I can't believe you did that. That's that's like you're stepping out of yourself. Lent is a time you get out of yourself a little bit. Do something that stretches you. I'm not saying you got to go clean someone's apartment in a boarding house, but something that's not comfortable and do it. And I'll tell you right now, that is a seed because people will recognize it because that's Claudia, the work of God. That's right. And Claudia, a uh, couple quick comments on that, please. And where people could buy your book. Uh, Cause we are, unfortunately it's radio. We're coming up to the end of the show, but I would love for you to comment on that. Cause I think it's important. That, that's, that's a big challenge. That What a beautiful challenge that is to, to do something that far out of your comfort level. Um, not all of us can do that. And if you can't do something else that you can do, but what a great challenge that that's, I'm going to spend a lot of time at, thinking about that and praying about what I might do that really takes me out of my comfort zone. Wow. 
great. I think I think if we started to do that, as particularly as a Catholic church in America, I think that's why this conversation is important, Claudia McAdam, because we're, we're giving people a different way to look at Lent. And we all grew up with it. So we're not judging anybody who says, well, I'm going to give up this or that, but try to get, and I think that's the purpose of Louis Lent, correct me if I'm wrong, okay, not just for children, but for adults. You said it's a family book, Claudia. It's not a children's book. It's a family book. So families, mothers and fathers, should be reading the book to their children, okay, because we can all learn a lesson from it. If we got out of our comfort zone, we wouldn't look at Lent as just, oh, ashes on your head the first day and eating the, you know, killing the fatted calf on Easter Sunday, but really understand, you know, why it is we enter into this period of sacrifice. We need to be leavened. We say on the show all the time, that light needs to shine out from us Catholics, particularly if we love our country and, and we love our fellow man, that because we're in such a, we're in such bad shape, Lent and a proper understanding and practice of Lent will help us to do that. Claudia, uh, real quick, where can people buy the book? essentialpress.com forward slash Ash Wednesday. And I've also created a discussion and activities guide that's available for free at my website, Claudia McAdam, that's M-C-A-D-A-M.com. And it's got fun things to do, coloring page, a, a Lenten craft, you know, word search, a maze. But it also has some discussion questions that families can look at and talk about as a group. So that's available for free at ClaudiaMcAdam.com. Please come and visit me there and you can see a book trailer for this particular book or any of my books to give you a little bit insight into what that book is about. Awesome. Louise Lent, available on Ascension Press or in your local Catholic bookstore. Claudia McAdam, thank you for coming back and having a great conversation with us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We want to thank you all out there for joining us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Remember to download the Veritas Catholic Network radio mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. Give us some feedback. VeritasCatholic.com VeritasCatholic.com where you could say if you love us, you hate us or anywhere in between on all of our programming not just Frontline with Joe and Joe and if you do like the Frontline with Joe and Joe you can follow us also on social media YouTube at the Frontline TV the Frontline TV on YouTube and remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere we'll talk to you soon